Hi, I'm Ben and this is Sean. And today on Devil's Advocate, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to carry on our little sort of uh, fall of society kind of theme we've got going on at the moment um, with the with America. Some would say that the American empire is falling. Yeah. Um, I think it's only fair that we talk about its rise first. So this episode is going to be the rise of of the golden era, that golden 25 years from 1948 to about 1973-ish. Yeah, we're going to kind of, we, we th- talked about it and we decided we we're going to do this in a two-part. We, we were just going to talk about the sort of fall of society and all everything, but we thought if we talk about America and it's sort of, fall or what we think might be the start of its fall then we kind of really need to talk about how it rose to kind of greatness i would say certainly it's to the preeminent superpower yeah, it's ascension to yeah. superpower yeah because it's wearing a soviet hat yeah destroyed the soviet union but not through military terms just through pure dollar that's what it was dollar, they, outspent, dollar bills. They, out, they outspent the soviets yeah dollar, dollar soviets. Bills. The Soviets couldn't afford the arms race, the peace race, and the space race all at the same time. Capitalism crushed them. It did, just through sheer volume of cash. It does. It did. Yeah, we, we wanted to talk about this because we've been talking about capitalism and communism a lot, just having chats, and we figured we were talking about how um, communism is on the rise in America. Well, certainly the, people's opinion yeah, of it is on the rise. Yeah, yeah, more and more young people are attracted to communism, and it is... Because although, as we probably already kind of get, I am more pro-capitalism, but every system has its failings. And this, like you said, it was in a golden age for 25 years. And now it's kind of struggling and more people are like, well, I want what my grandparents had. You know, yeah, I want... they all had nice cars. They all had a house. My, my parents went to college for nothing. Yeah, and... one, per- one person households could pay for all the bills. Not one person, sorry. One person incomes yeah. could pay for all the bills. That's it. It's um, um, it was. I mean, the fifth forty eight to seventy three in America is is literally the golden age of America. In the, it's the golden age of capitalism. It's certainly the golden because capitalism can work. Was if it's done right. Yeah, was working. The problem is, is of course you get bad leadership. Yeah, and so, don't worry. Before you communists come after us, we are going to talk about the good and bad of Soviet Russia at some point. Yeah, we're going to do a bit that more too. bad. But still, it would have had some good. Um, in fact, you know, we speak about the, the good and the bad of America, for example. Now, you know, uh, you know, the fifties. Okay, there was the Korean War. Yeah. Um, then we obviously this sixty-three. We start kicking into Vietnam. That wasn't good. Yeah, it still had but, failings. Every country has failings. That you would argue that the Vietnam War was a failure of capitalism because the military-industrial complex owned the politicians at that point. Yeah. And what did Eisenhower say when he left office? Beware. The military-industrial complex. So you could argue that America isn't actually owned. Oh, by... I thought he said beware picking up the soap in a shower in a communal shower. He probably said that too. He's been <laughs> in the army for a long time. <laughs> Especially yep. if there's aliens rocking around. Fucking too right. <laughs> Just when well, an alien turns up behind him with a probe. So he's got the probe. <laughs> Secret service guys come in. Yeah. And just... <laughs> Pick up the soap, Eisenhower. Just so he rises <laughs> in the probe. Off. You can't scare me with that probe. I was in the army for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> you think a bunch of butch men showering every day yeah. naked. Nothing goes on there. Yeah. Think again. <laughs> I like Eisenhower, though. Yeah, you've said a few times you like him. Well, he's part of your, one of your favorite conspiracy theories, isn't he? Check that out. That's a good podcast. Which podcast is that again? I think it's on all conspiracy theories one or two. Yeah, it's one or two. Yeah, it's a Holloman Air Force base yeah, meeting. Yeah. One, Actually, you know, I, I like him. I, I think the guy had, he had nuts. Yeah, I mean, he went from being the most. Well, you'd respected like to think so. He was he, a guy. 
<laughs> None of today's genderless society, oh. my friend. Oh, man, you got to start doing that. The woke people are definitely going to come after us. Hey, I saw a meme earlier that said, if you identify as non-binary, yeah. that means that you're actually acknowledging the fact that there is a binary system and therefore you're still part of it. Yeah, yeah. There's no loopholes to There this. is no loophole. They just, they just box, they're like trying to be free and it just boxes them in more by yeah. just call yourself like whatever you want. It'd be like, hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> just call yourself whatever you want. Yeah, yeah whatever. Or so just, just refer to me as dude. <laughs> dude is universal. Dude, man. Yeah. You're going to be called a man if you're a stoner. Yeah. You're a man. man. <laughs> anyway, so the golden age of the quarter century between 1948 and 1973, when the US reigned supreme, manufacturing flourished. And they built the greatest middle class in history. They did, yeah. Uh, GDP, uh, gross domestic product. To an product. extent, the middle class is still one of the... It's it's still quite high, isn't it? Yeah, but you had a lot of working class people make the jump at this to point. To middle class, yeah. To middle class. Yeah, but people I mean, a, lot, a lot of them managed to stay there. And it, yeah, and it was people who had no formal qualifications as well, as well, a lot of the time. Yeah, it was working class jobs. It was just they were paid so well, they made it into the middle class. Yeah. I mean, GDP... Went up 169%. Yeah, 69. Yeah. <laughs> Employment. That's usually you that laughs at that. <laughs> Employment increased by 75% and manufacturing jobs went up for 30%. Wow. Per capita person income almost doubled. Wow. That is impressive. That is the American dream. It is. There's a reason why they called it the American dream. Well, they still do, but more so then. You know, immigration from every country in the world. Everyone wanted to go to America. Yeah. Live that American dream. I mean, what built this really was World War Two. Yeah, um, America was literally the arsenal of democracy, not the arse of democracy. The <laughs> arsenal of democracy. Ben would say that the arse now, probably. <laughs> uh, just think about it. They literally made most of the stuff that we used to beat the the Nazis and then and the Japanese. Yeah. I mean, they beat the Japanese pretty much on their own. Oh, no, no, no. We, yeah, there was us and the Australians there too. Yeah. In fact, our aircraft carriers were better at the start. Yeah. Yeah, we came up with the idea of armoring the decks. That's a good idea. Yeah, the Americans didn't. Take that, America. Yeah. <laughs> it's one win for British us. British ingenuity there. Yeah. We win. <laughs> but the thing is, what? So your factories are always. So immediately go onto a war footing, which means you're doubling, you're quadrupling, sinktupling, sextupling. Yeah. yeah. Production because yeah. you need the tanks, rifles, ammunition, yeah. beans, bullets, and bandages that you need to beat the enemy. You outproduce them, and that's kind of what we did in World War Two. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that the Americans, the Brits, are better soldiers, and the Germans, the Japanese. We just had more shit to throw at them. Yeah. Um, but what happens when ten million American servicemen come home at the end of the war? They need jobs. They, they need, need jobs. They need homes if they don't. They have need any. homes. All this stuff, and of course, so when you come home, and all the industries come back from war. They're going to start making cars and stuff again. Yeah. So what, what who's going to oh, buy yeah. that stuff? I, I, I read somewhere, and oh, I can't remember the exact number. I'm usually pretty good with stats, but I'm pretty sure during World War II, America only made something like 400 cars or something. Yeah, like well, I imagine most they, of them were for the government yeah, or the military. Yeah, they barely made any. It, it might have been more than that, but it was, some, it was a ridiculously low number. Like four, Like they'd made thousands before, and they made like hardly mm. any because... Literally nobody was buying cars. No one needed a car. All the men were at war and the yeah. women weren't driving. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, boom, 
loads of them. <laughs> it's true, and the, I lo do love this this type period in the history. Beautiful I love cars them. from the fifties oh, with the yeah. fins on them. Yeah, and then in the sixties, you got the Mustangs and the muscle cars, the Challengers, yeah. the Chargers. Oh. As soon as everyone came back, everyone wants to enjoy life. They, they've got money now because everyone's been working for ages, unable to spend all that money because there's nothing to buy because nobody mm -hmm. really does anything because it's a time of war. And the soldiers are coming home when the sailors and airmen are coming home with pockets full of money they because they haven't been able to spend it while they've been fighting. They want cars, they want to go on dates, they want to see see the country that yeah. they, they fought for, so they want to travel. And in fact, um, the, the auto workers president wrote in the New York Times that uh, in 1945 that we found it, uh, quote him, we have found it impossible to sustain a mass purchasing power capable of providing a stable market for the products of the 20th century. So in other words, everyone's got loads of money and nothing to spend it on. We yeah. need to start making stuff to spend it. I mean, yes, all right, 45 to 46, a bit of an iffy time. People are coming home. People are going on strike. They want more money. Yeah. They move from war production to civilian production. So the money isn't there as much. The hours aren't there. Well, yeah, at this point, you're not doing it for your country anymore. You're doing it because you want to get paid. Yeah. You want your lives to improve. War's over. But in 1948, the GI Bill gets passed. And that basically means that huge government, huge amounts huge. of huge <laughs> amounts of American treasury were thrown at a getting all the soldiers, airmen, and sailors into work and good jobs, and yeah. b educating them more. Yeah, you had to get them into good jobs because I've Peaky Blinders shows us that like a lot of the time after war, well, World War One anyway, they didn't really put them in good jobs. They just came back and carried on down pit as you. Yeah. Mean. So if you want people to fight again, you've got yeah. a bit more. You got to put a bit more guarantees in, don't you? Absolutely. Treat them better when they come back. And this was the beauty of it was, you know, is that the the, the GI Bill enabled 2.2 million former American servicemen to go to college. Yeah. Now, when you take that figure into account, and then you take the amount of soldiers that were trained to be engineers, yeah. so military engineers, who then went on to train to be civil engineers, plus the 2.2 million who went off to college to do other things, yeah. all of a sudden you've got this very capable civilian base. Yeah, well, you got a lot of civilians that were learning... Um new sort of medical um of techniques weren't they you know medics could go and be doctors yeah. engineers could be civil engineers we you saw could be that retrained. In, um, it was a massive retraining program that's never been ever done before we saw that in hacksaw ridge didn't we that the fact that war really pushes you to advance medically of course yeah like when when the question is asked war what is it good for yeah. absolutely nothing actually that's not true yeah. it's really good at advancing medical science it's great at advancing technology and if you want to be really cynical, it keeps the population down. And the skill base of your workers as yeah. well, because they're either engineers, nurses, doctors. They, they've got highly, highly useful skills. Yeah. But also, remember, to win the Second World War, the main thing that you have to do is work together. Yeah. So you've trained 10 million people to be super good at working together. Unified. With that can-do attitude. You've yeah. just beat the Nazis and the Japanese. Yeah. We can turn this country into something great. And they absolutely did. I don't want to sound a bit gushy. They made America great. They did literally make America great, certainly more than a hat and a slogan. Yeah. That's making America great. A hat great. isn't enough. The hats aren't enough. Especially we need scarves, damn it. Scarves, hats, gloves, coats. Look at this. This is a communist hat. And it, it covers the ears. Yeah. Better than a baseball cap. Damn right. Put make America great on this, Trump. Yeah. But in fairness, you did pay for that. So the commies kind of caught you out there. It's a capitalist, like, sort of capitalist communist hat. How ironic is that? You yeah. bought a communist hat. <laughs> I love the irony in that. Mm. Yeah. 
It's true. Yeah. But still, communism starts. It's like, do I get a hat? now? you've got to order one off Amazon. <laughs> eBay, actually. eBay. Six pounds. And you're like, come on, man. I signed up for equality. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everyone has to buy a hat. It's equal, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a communist. I just really like the hat. And... That's one thing they always get right, though, isn't it? It's mm. the hats. They do. The hats do. Look. Dictators are great at creating cool outfits and hats as well. Oh, you know what? I would... I'm going to go on record. You, I think you've said this before, the Nazi. No, no. Every single dictator, whether good, evil, or neutral, Their has outfit. had a better outfit than any democratically elected president, prime yeah. minister, whatever. It's always kind of semi-military. Yeah, He's got yeah. some sort of shoulder pads or something. You've got to have the epaulets. Yeah, you've got to have them. You've got to have them. Usually they've got a couple of medals. You're oh, like, what row for? Them. Every medal yeah. that could possibly be awarded by the country. doesn't matter. <laughs> Because you're in charge and you're the one that gives them out. So what's that one for? Oh, that's my, that's my um, Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> I don't think they give that in a medal. They do, trust me. Yeah, they do in this country. They do in this country. <laughs> so they, America had some, I mean, they had some important rules, basically, as well. Things were a lot more regulated back then, and taxes were certainly supposed to be higher. Supposed to be. <laughs> now, let's say 1956, so the heart of the 50s. Um, individual tax rates ranged from 20% to a breathtaking 91% for incomes over $200,000. Now, I'm not saying that people paid that 91%. That's what it was set at. It's what it could be set yeah. at. If you we didn't did a, have a very good accountant... Yeah, we did a bit of research paying. on it. It was about, what, 42 43%. Something like that. The average person paid. Yeah. But it, it was meant to be 90%. Ish. If only if you're earning over two hundred thousand dollars. Did Eisenhower set that up? I'd imagine so. He would have been um, in. He'd have been coming in at this point. Actually, Truman would have gone out. Yeah, so Eisenhower's coming in. Yeah, um, if not in already. And then you got um, Americans top... always find tax loopholes. They do. Their masters at it. The top corporate tax rate was fifty-two uh, percent, and the maximum tax rate on capital gains was twenty-five percent. But the important thing to remember is. Everything was a lot more regulated. The banks weren't deregulated until the uh, 70s, as late 70s, early 80s. We'll get on to that in the next episode. Now, what happens when you deregulate banks is they can just sort of make, start making money out of thin air. They can do what they want. They can do what they want. It's all numbers on the screen, man. That's what it is nowadays. Yeah, they can literally... Yeah, that's what I meant nowadays. Yeah. Obviously not then. They yeah. didn't have the screens back then, not like we do now. No, but they can literally fab fabricate. Most of the wealth now is fabricated, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, um, oh, God, what's it called? I did this. I'm cutting to the ball, my other podcast. There's a specific term That's banking. That's bizarre podcast. Mm, <laughs> those moments. Um, Not as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the banks, they, they take 10%. So let's say you go to a bank, right, and you pay in £100. Mm -hmm. The bank keeps £10 of that to act as a capital mm -hmm. and loans the other 90% out. Yep. So it then doesn't have any. It's loaning out more. Basically, they loan out more than they've got which is what caused the last financial crash in 2008. Basically, if you want to cause a recession, everyone just go to a bank now and withdraw all of your money. Yes. It would collapse. Yeah, they wouldn't have enough money to give us all our money. Yeah, and it'd collapse, and then the government yeah. would bail them out and then tax us for it, so they'd get your money back, and you wouldn't be able to get it back again. Yes. <laughs> Yay, government! Yay! But it wasn't just banks. It was the energy company. It was agriculture, it was trucking, railroads, airlines, all the, 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 the connecting threads of a society... Is held together by that. Your logistics, your transport, your finances, your agriculture. Without we any of that, we have them. no society. We all trust them. We have no supply chain. Yeah. So it's all regulated and no one can fuck about. 
Nowadays, you do what you want. It's people all, fuck about. People <laughs> fuck about, and we end up bailing companies out yep. as a taxpayer's money. Don't forget union membership. Nearly a third of people belong to a trade union. That is one socialist idea I think is really good. You know, so they couldn't be bossed people about. People need to be taken care of when they're at work. They need unions. Yes. So people couldn't be bossed about. Wages couldn't be cut. Yeah. I mean, it, sometimes in this country, especially the automotive industry, when their unions were kicking off in the uh, in the 90s and the early 2000s, well, not only was the British car industry shit, they made shit cars in that particular period, is that they were greedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the miners in Britain. They, were, they got greedy. As much as I, I'm not a fan of Thatcher, um, she did the right thing by standing up to the miners' union, in my opinion, because they wanted more. Oh, more. The left's going to come after you. They probably was not the first time. Yeah. They, they wanted more and more and more and more. You bootlicker. <laughs> what do those boosts taste like? Oh, polish, clearly. <laughs> obviously. Oh, duh. duh. If you take care of your boots. Yeah, polish and leather, obviously. <laughs> um, but no, and there comes a point when, as a leader, you have to go, whoa, 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 hang on. Too much. Too much. You know what? I can actually, I'm paying you a load of money to mine this coal, and then we're buying it from you again. I can actually ship that in for a third of the price from Poland. Yeah. So you just done yourself out of a job, supply and demand. Yeah. Uh, it's it's literally that easy. Of course, I, I feel sorry for the miners and that, but I know guy, and there's a guy at my place used to work down pit. He'd go, in on a, he'd go in on a Saturday morning, get on triple time, work two hours, but said he'd done four. Yeah. They'd all put him down for four, and it was actually two. And most of it, it took it took an hour to get in and out the damn thing. You see, it's greed and laziness greed. of the West is it's the greed. reason why we keep buying from China. Yeah. <laughs> and let's not face it, the most, most important thing, or one of the most important things in society is education. Yeah. If you've got a very smart, capable uh, worker base, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Look at uh, Getting to the moon, right in 1969, only uh, seven years after Kennedy had set, eight years after Kennedy had set that challenge in '61. Yeah, that is one hell of an achievement. Yeah, wow. Just to just to throw another thing in there, I bet you pre World War Two, the literacy rates were probably pretty low. Probably were. Whereas, like, I bet after World War Two, education was so high that literacy rates went up. So your, your population is just a well-read. And well-written population is usually a more successful population. And they've got more money so they can go and buy books to read and broaden their horizons more. But remember, many public universities are practically or literally free. Yeah. Unions maintained apprenticeship programs providing training for and entry into highly skilled manufacturing jobs. Isn't it weird how when you um, speak to people that are like... um, super pro socialism or super pro communism that they always say that capitalism basically um crushes the education system whereas clearly that capitalist country was that wealthy they were able to give free education yeah so it's actually not capitalism's fault it's yeah. actually just the government's fault it is because at the end of <laughs> don't day, blame the system all that all these um things were taken away by people with government. influence either by the government or people with influence over the government yep. so you know some high some head of the bank comes along to someone in in the cabinet and says i think the bank should be regulated we can do this and this and this and that guy goes that's a great idea and he pushes for it it goes through next thing you know you're bailing the bank out because they've spent money they haven't got it's all about res- Capitalism is about responsibility and yep. good leadership. Yep. And if you've got neither of them, that was very, um, very uh, 
well explained actually super well explained yeah that's literally all capitalism is it's not it's not this evil, corrupt system. No, it, it can work, and it can work really well. I mean, you just I'm not... need intelligent, responsible people that are responsible with their wealth and their ideas. That's yeah. it. And that's where I, I, I respect. Um, I wasn't always a big fan of, of, of big Donald Trump, yeah. but that's where I respected him because he provided that leadership. The economy went up because he's a businessman and he knew it. He, he wanted to run the country like a business, which isn't always possible in every respect. But I could see where he wanted to come from. Given another term, he might have got that. You'd have respected him more if he made a hat with ear cozies. I would have, although I, would, I don't want the MAGA thing on it. Really? Yeah. If it was like that, I felt then. it was. I felt it was a little bit cheesy. That. Yeah. I mean, good. it was. It was a great. Um, because you've got to have a brand, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to have a brand. It so was a as really, a brand thing, it's fantastic. It was genius, yeah, but it was a cheesy looking It hat, is cheesy. Yeah. It's too red. It's too red. Yeah. It was genius because, I mean, every, every Trump well, every conservative wears that hat now, don't they? Even non-Trump supporters like the hat, like the, the slogan of making America great again. But the hat, it was a bit tacky. It's red. It's really, it's not even a cool color red. It's just really bright and in your face red. You know what amused me a lot, though? What? Is like a lot of conservative Christians love that hat and they went out and bought it. Yeah. But literally in the book of Revelation, it says about the Antichrist branding their mark onto your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, you're all wearing a mark on your forehead. Yeah. It's not really branded though, it's just stitched into a hat. Well, and you it, take but it off you and... could be sort of, you know, yeah. it's, if it's on all the time. I'm not really into all those predictions. <laughs> no, I just find it a little bit ironic. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, I love a bit of religious irony. Yeah, yeah but you can find that in anything, can't you? That's true. And as it turns out, the, the Americans, the United States in the 50s, followed economic policies that are very out of favour today. Maybe, you know, so, so high taxes funded massive infrastructure projects mm. like the interstate highway system, public higher education, high individual and corporate tax rates also reduced the incentive to pay high executive salaries. Because mm. the more you're getting paid, the more you're getting taxed. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Um, strong unions are able to bargain uh, for better pay and benefits so that income was more evenly distributed between capital, management and labour. This had positive economic effects as workers used higher pay to buy bigger houses, faster cars and fancier vacations. I like that. <laughs> Access to public higher education laid the foundation for the scientific, technical and managerial explosions of the 60s, while some sectors of the economy, especially energy and transportation, were over-regulated. Were over so basically, this is what we need to keep the country running. You're not going to fuck about. So the government kind of stepped in in terms of um, businesses that were necessary. Yeah. They regulated it to make sure that literally they didn't fuck about and create shit products that no one would buy, like cars. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like quality control at the highest level. Isn't it? No, and it I is... don't like the big taxing thing, though. I, I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like company. Um, the government taking people's money away. Uh, what you've got to remember here is that you're in a battle, mm. aren't you? Between you got East and West. Mm. Right? It's the Cold War. It hasn't kind of got to the extremes. It will, but there's very much still a lot of tension between. The West and the East. So the government needs to make sure they've got plenty in their coffers for it America, to kicks off again. Well, yeah, I get you on 45, that. General yeah. Patton, 
was quite up for just invading the East. He's like, we're going to have to fight these sons. I think the quote is, we're going to have to fight these sons of bitches one day. We might as well do it while we're all here. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. on that. And um, literally, Russia's becoming more powerful and more influential as the years go on as well. Even though they've got a McDonald's. Yeah. But thing is, it wasn't just Russia. Yeah. It was Poland. It was, uh, God, Lithuania, the Baltic states, the... Uh, Oh, then you got Serbia, Bosnia, Albania, all these countries, this huge Eastern Bloc, and China off to the side, even though the Russians and the Chinese didn't really get on that well. If it came down to a war of ideologies, the Chinese aren't going to side with the West. No. Right? So America has to show that not only is capitalism the best system, it also has to have the money to keep buying nuclear weapons and developing the next generation. It has to keep its military strong. But it also has to make sure that everybody at home is happy, content, and loaded. Yeah. Because you've got to show that your system is better than the one over there. And it it seemed like it was. Yeah. And let's face it, right? If if capitalism had completely failed in the 50s, how long would it have been before there was shouts for them to try communism if it looked like the Soviet system was working? Oh, well, it was infecting the world, wasn't it? Because the reason That's... America went to Vietnam was to stop the spread of communism. I was just about to say yeah. that, yeah. Do you know what that was called, that that um, plan? It was the domino theory. Yeah, they literally, they, didn't they go and help? Was it the South they went to help? There was some, um, there was some um, Vietnamese that didn't want communism in, so the Americans went and helped them well, against the Viet Cong, was it? Yeah. What you ended up with, uh, in a nutshell, and we probably will do a little bit of a series on Vietnam at some point, I will get an episode on My Lai in. Yeah. Do you know what the My Lai massacre is? You've mentioned it. Yeah, anyway, that's pretty, that's, we'll get an episode in on that one day. Um Pretty much, so the French owned Vietnam. Mm -hmm. They got their asses handed to them by the communists. The UN went, all right. French got their ass handed to them by everyone. Actually, the the French have got one of the best war-winning record percentages. Which I I still don't understand. It's just recently, just the last 150 years, they would have been shit. shit. Yeah. Because you look at the 14th to the 17th centuries, they were the dominant military power in Europe, and they won every war they went in virtually. And now they're a joke. And now it's like, oh dear. Yeah. Um, But they they did put up a good fight nonetheless. But you can't, you tend not to be able they to They ran away, admit it. You tend <laughs> That's not, what they always do. <laughs> you tend not to be able to win a guerrilla warfare on the enemy's land if you're a conventional army trying to use artillery and air power. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, the French found that out. They the UN steps in and they split the country in two. Yeah. They go, okay, we'll establish a communist republic in the north and the south can be a democracy. The Brits went in, managed the south for a few years so they're on their feet, buggered off again. Very nice of us. Yeah. No, no instances. We just managed it. We handed it over to them. You're welcome. Off your truck. <laughs> and then the North of Vietnam decided that it, it quite liked the idea of a unified Vietnam, but not one under capitalism. So they ended up um, trying to take it. Trying to take it over. The Kennedy sent advisors. I actually think, not sure if Eisenhower sent the first in the late 50s, but uh, Kennedy definitely sent them in the early 60s. And then it turned out that these advisors were actually not only just training the troops, they were leading them into combat too. Yeah. And before you know it, you've got 10,000, We probably 20, will go into Vietnam in a, in a pod because a lot of people... I say, I'm not going into Vietnam. ...into a podcast <laughs> because it, it was a lot more intricate than a lot of people. Like, the, the main narrative is basically, it was like, we just... Well, America just went in there just to basically crush Vietnam. They just wanted Vietnam. And it, there were, it was a lot more political oh, yeah. ideology behind it. Yeah, basically, if the idea is that if you lose Vietnam to communism, it, then you're going to lose 
Laos, you're going to lose Cambodia. Before you know it, India's fallen to communism, and you don't want that happening because mm. then half the Eastern world is communist. Yeah, it's about keeping a foothold, always keeping footholds in places. Yeah. So I don't know what. So I think um, I can say I think this is the golden age. This is when America was the well, was, even though there was two superpowers, America was the biggest and best superpower. I've been to East Berlin, yeah, right, and to be fair, and and Poland, which are both under communist rule, and everything is so grey and it's yeah. just concrete. It's dull. The beautiful thing is, if you stand at Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin, which is a gap between East and West Berlin. And you look one way and everything is grey yeah. and stark and blocky and angular. <laughs> and, and Paint me a picture, man. <laughs> yeah, and dull. and dull. And then you literally, you turn around and you look back west and everything's Coca-Cola billboards <laughs> and Mustangs. And, yeah. and it's like, Capitalism's wow. pretty is your point. It, yeah. And you're like, I know, imagine just looking, being in one of them blocks of flats. Yeah. Looking over the wall yep. and going, oh man. Yeah. Look at that. Looks so much better. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the point, isn't it? Is um, this is literally proof that it, with the right leadership, with strong leadership, and um, trying to minimum and regulating the authorities under, yeah. you got to regulate the authorities to keep the country to, going. Trying to also keep control of these giant corporations, and like like Coca Cola, for example, or McDonald's, and making sure they don't become their own superpowers in their own right, having sway over politicians. Yeah, and as you can probably tell between me and Ben, we differ a little bit on taxes, but we do kind of agree that these companies do have a have a habit of gaining too much power that they're above the government. Yeah. And we both agree that's not right. You need to at least make sure they, they can't just basically sell crap to people oh, and my, take too much money from people. My theory is that if you, if you, as a corporation, if you've got the money to, um, to give money to politicians to, to make them think the way you want to think, you should be getting taxed more. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, um, we'll, we'll skip a little bit forward. We talked about it briefed in the nine 11 episode, the Halliburton, yeah. Um, gave Dick Cheney $35 million to go off and be vice president, and then yeah. they got a billion-dollar contract back with Very no competition. Shady. Very shady. That shouldn't be Check happening. that episode out. It's yeah. got over 200 listens already. Yeah. Blowing up. One. That's it. We're going to retire soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 200 already. I'm going to kick back now. Yeah. If you want to do 200 listens on all of our podcasts, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> send us a pound now and again. Yeah, we'd appreciate that too. Um, yeah, all your bastards listening to that episode, all you first-time listeners. Where's our money? Yeah, we're, we're capitalist. It was, this is a capitalist West, damn it. We need yeah. money to do this. Yeah. Um, we need to buy communist hats, ironically. Yes. <laughs> it's actually going to be my dog walking hat when the wind is dropping. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Just like Dust for Daniel, comrades, as you walk past. So that's the one thing communism has got going for it, calling what? everyone comrades. Comrades is awesome. cool. I don't even know what that means. What does Dos Vidanya mean? Oh, hello. Oh, okay. It's just Dos Vidanya, so... comrade. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you learned something new. Yeah. <laughs> I did 45 minutes of Russian in college. <laughs> and you learned that. That tells a lot, that there's 45 <laughs> minutes in, and you're already being a communist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you just know what? Just walk out with the hat on, like, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, I've got this urge to annex Georgia <laughs> and the Crimea. Yeah. You don't know what it is about it. Just, just looks just nice. Want to build some sort of wall to yeah. keep Ukrainians away? <laughs> but no, that's where the Berlin Wall, isn't it? But dividing Ukraine. No, no, it's in Berlin. It's in Germany. Oh yeah, where have I got that from? They're invading Ukraine. There's a war, proxy war going on right now between Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah, that's probably it. I don't know if they built a wall. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, the only reason they built the war, Khrushchev built the war, is because loads of people from the east were defecting, were doing a runner to the west where life was better. Yeah. And I think that's the greatest endorsement of a system, isn't it? If your system's good, so good that people are willing to risk their lives to go and try and live a comfortable, nice life yeah. where you haven't got to worry about money and health and things like that, then I think that's the greatest endorsement of a system. Well, no one, not many people went the other way. Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand is like when you t when you talk about America and its rise and stuff, people from like Italy and um, where was all the other countries they're emigrating from? Oh my god, all over Europe, Italy, Ireland, Ireland, that's the UK, it. The UK, Spain, yeah. France, all, a lot of Germans, yeah. a lot of Germans, all to go to America because they all wanted to live this American dream. So people like were flocking there. They're flocking there now. They flocked there like what 20, 30 years ago, Cuba. They were all, I mean, yeah. they still do it a little bit now. They were coming over in like car boats, weren't they? They were making boats out of anything, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, with the, the Mexico, Venezuela, Colombia, yeah. everyone wants yeah. to go to America because it's I, where you can become rich. That's what I don't understand when you see these sort of communist capitalist debates and stuff and people that like they go mad on, on uh, social media and you have the communists and the socialists and they're like, oh, yeah, it's never been done right before. And um, you only get the mainstream media's opinion of of what communism's right, you know, it, it fixes everything, education's really good, healthcare's really good. And I'm like, yeah, they're all arguments from your point of view, but you can't take away from the fact that all these people are coming over to America, the, the capitalist true, superpower. <laughs> so you might be right, maybe America's given it a bad rap. Maybe everywhere's given it a bad rap because capitalism's afraid that communism will work. But the biggest piece of evidence is, why do they keep fleeing to America then? Everyone flees to America. I Why? will say one thing about my experience in Poland is that while everything looked a bit run down now, which it did because it was all built in the, the Soviet era, yeah, I I went to a town called Alston. It's about the same size as Telford, sort of 150,000, 200,000 people. Yeah. Now, in Telford, we have one hospital. Yeah. They had six. Yeah. I mean, all right, they looked a bit dated and they were a bit shoddy, but they're still a hospital full of trained people. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the communists did take good care of, they'll try to take good care of their people because of how a healthy workforce is a more productive workforce. Yeah, it makes sense. The same with capitalism, you know, communism and capitalism, like both sides like to insult the either side, but there is good, there is good traits for each, you know, communism requires the workforce to keep working, to keep, it's all literally, if it's done right, the workers prop up the country. Yeah, so they you have need the power. Them, yeah, so you need them to be healthy. So you need a good health, system and you need a good education system like china they have some of the best education sort of scores in the world yeah. you can you can argue that they, they're fudging the numbers and whatever but yeah. <laughs> ben's like yeah definitely i would argue the, that the communists are going to come after you today like, i would argue that a western engineer is twice as qualified as a chinese engineer. i think you'd probably right to be fair but where are most things made these days made in china so yeah, you don't need them to make the best thing in the world. You just need to make it so it works. That's true. And that's, that's what the Russians did. Look at the AK-47. Exactly. It's the, that, that rifle is the single greatest liberator from, from yeah. capitalism ever. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to work, doesn't it? It just needs to work well enough. And, and you know, if you have education system that makes everyone make things that work well enough, a country can stay afloat. That's it. So education and healthcare is usually pretty good in these countries. Well, it can be pretty good. You tend to find stuff like uh, we, we did the dictator. Human well. rights don't tend to be great yeah, we did the um dictators podcast a That's while right. back didn't we and q we got into a little bit of debate on cuba didn't we i'll not have a word said against fidel <laughs> and uh 
Healthcare was really good. You know, the, the healthcare people were trained very well. More they, doctors per capita than any other country in the world. did have serious issues with keeping the hospitals clean and keeping running water and energy and the lights on and, you know, the machines working. That's all the, the Yankees damning blockade. <laughs> Cutting them off. Cutting them off. If they'd have had, if they'd have had stuff coming in, uh, they probably wouldn't have And then right. la- later on after that, I did find lots of videos of uh, of people that had escaped that country saying they had to choose between food and clothes some months. And it's like they, they were doctors. And it's like, shouldn't you really... Make sure they're fed and yeah, you know, make sure but, they're getting clothes. But in all fairness, Cuba does send a lot of doctors abroad to help out in places like Africa. Yeah, but then when you find out the reason why those doctors actually say, yeah, we'll go, is because then they don't have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> when you actually watch the interviews of why they volunteered to be the ones that go. It's, so it looks, for Cuba, want them to go because it makes Cuba look good because they've got these highly qualified doctors and the doctors are willing to go because then they can escape Cuba and not go back. I still do think it's it's impressive and re- I think it's something it to aim impressive. to that, that you know, Cuba is, of all places has yeah. the highest amount of doctors per person in yeah. the world from a population of about 10 million. Yeah, it is I think impressive. that's something to strive for for every yeah. country. It is impressive. I think... The problem is, is the people that live through communism, and I've spoke to a few people yeah, that, me that have lived through it, compared to the people that like the idea of communism, is the people that like the idea of it think, oh, you know, this is going to be great. We look after each other. The government looks after us. We have a good life. When actually the government doesn't care if you have a good life and it just wants the country to yeah. do well. So success or survival trumps whether or not you're happy (laughs) so the happiness of the population usually goes and that's why they flee because in america where it's capitalist yeah they don't care if you're happy but if you're happy good for you so you can literally go and find that happiness a lot easier than you can in a communist country they don't care both countries don't care for happiness but one is easier to achieve i think you can throw it out there and say that communism is great for the first maybe one or two generations or maybe one gen one ruler let's look and then the next guy comes in and goes, I quite like the idea of just doing this on my own. And you end up with a Stalin. Speak it against me, off to the work camp. Well, it wasn't much better under Lenin, though, was it? Yeah, they were just getting going then, though, weren't they? Yeah, well, he'd been going for a while. Yeah, he'd been going. Well, it's 1917. Mm. They've been going. I think Stalin came in in the... He um, was one of the only leaders, communist leaders, that actually lived his life like he wanted everyone else to live them. Everyone else was like, yeah, it's going to be about the people while they live in a mansion. But at least yeah. Lenin, he stuck to it and lived very humbly, so I'll give him that. But he did also kill millions of people that didn't agree with him. So Yeah, that's the thing. You see, I think the the human nature is always an issue in any form of government. Oh, you can't say and that. It is, though. <laughs> they come after you. It is, they though. Come, oh, humans are inherently these, twats. These lefties are going to come after you. Human, humans are inherently twats. They We're are. twats to each other. They are. We yeah. are. Uh, we all we've always been twats. There's nothing yeah. controversial about that. Yeah. I mean, our two favorite pastimes: killing each other and thinking of more inventive ways to kill each other. Yeah, you know, and exploring. This Three favorite pastimes mul- of humanity. This is why I have a multitude of weapons. Yeah, there's, some, there's thousands of weapons. Yeah. Out there I, I need guns, world. lots yeah. of guns. Yeah. Ironically, that's America. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's because of the booming American gun industry. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that it's easier for the people in charge of communism to get lost because they don't have the massive corporations coming in and throwing money at them to get them to think a certain way. They're just like, how can I make this better for myself off the backs of the people? Yeah. Whereas with capitalism, it takes that little bit of time for those corporations to, and if you think about it, 
quite a long time for those corporations yeah. to... Uh, well, that's the thing. Communism is supposed to be for the people, but it always gets lost because you've got to have people in charge and they always lose track of the message. They always lose track it. of the plan. You know, communism has never really been achieved ever in human history. It yeah. always gets stuck in socialism and it goes... It's supposed to go capitalism, socialism, communism. It always goes capitalism, socialism, dictatorship every time <laughs> because those people that we go, oh, okay, we don't want the rich or we don't want the powerful or we don't want the politically corrupt. We put new people in that are kind, generous, and then they end up loving all the life and power that they have. And they end up with a palace. Yes. They end up just becoming a, a king. And that's why it always fails because of greed. And even though capitalism, those people even thrive. Even though capitalism is built on greed. Yeah, they thrive. Those people, those same people thrive in a capitalist. They will thrive in both systems. They thrive in that system. They're usually the guys that become billionaires or have a chance to become billionaires. Uh, but... Although we don't do it as effectively as we should, we're able to control the, the evils within those men better with capitalism. To and, a point. And I could, would agree with you. What you're saying is we aren't controlling them as well as we used to. And that no. is partially the reason why we are moving on to the podcast, well, the second part of the podcast, which will obviously release probably next week, which uh, will be why it's starting to crumble. Why yeah. the America, we think the American, there's a multitude of reasons, politics, you know, but um, we do think that, greed power you know human nature is one of the main things that's crumbling it you know these government overstretched military as well yeah these these government sort of powers that be can't control the rich and powerful like they used to we just before the podcast and we're jumping forwards a little bit here to the next one we were talking about how elon musk uh jeff bezos and bill, um, gates. bill gates you always forget bill gates i was about to say bill gates i remember this time <laughs> Uh, fuck Bill Gates, that's why. What is it about you and Bill Gates? What happened between you two? <laughs> kept trying to put chips in me, man. He was like, just, just the one, just the tip of the chip. Are we talking chips or microchips? He made me fat. <laughs> I was a fat child. I was force-fed by Bill Gates. That's what, that's what they misunderstood. It wasn't a microchip in the vaccine. He's just trying to make you all fat kids <laughs> eat the chips. Eat the chips. When I was a kid, I'm about to, get, to buy McDonald's. Eat the chips. Used to get microchips, so a little box of chips you threw in the oven. They were, <laughs> oh yeah, in the microwave. They were shit. Remember, yeah, they were gross. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These guys, they they don't pay taxes, and you know my opinions on taxes. I don't think anyone should pay that much anyway, because I think that if you're really super rich, you will invest a lot. Of it. You don't want to just sit, you're not a dragon. You don't want to sit on a pile of wealth. You're going to invest it. That I want money, a full on screw that money. Bank. That money's going to go back into the economy and. The reason why sort of you mentioned Reagan earlier, Reaganomics doesn't didn't work was because at some point in that sort of trickle down, somebody was turning the tap off. Well, that's what's happened now. Yeah, and it's it's worse now. It's trickle up now, yeah, not trickle they're down. Turning the tap off more than ever now, and hardly any of it's drizzling down. But I don't think that's a failure of the rich. I don't think that's a I think that's a failure of the government. I think it's a failure of the corporations who control the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Those are more it's the powerful. greed of the corporations and the failure of the government. Yeah. Because every politician or most politicians yeah. have some kind of corporate sponsor. Yeah. Do you remember the... Um, well, most... Oh, what was her name? She served under uh, Obama. She was uh, his... I'm sure she was environmental secretary. Oh, Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. She went off and sat on the board of a major oil company. Yeah. They even named a super tanker after her. And yet she's supposed to be on the left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know, you know that AOC with her tax the rich thing. Oh yeah, which was like meant to be. How much is that dress worth? No idea. But she went to 
I'm not attacking her on this this thing because it's already been all over social media about the thirty thousand dollar ticket and stuff and two hundred and something thousand for the table and oh she was doing it because how else will you uh, tell the rich they need to be taxed more? The uh, thing I wanted to bring up is um, she's now launching a tax the rich clothing line. Oh my god, <laughs> she's very good at capitalism, isn't she? And all these all these people are like, oh yeah, she's she's trying to go after the rich. Let's buy her t-shirts and support. So there's going to be a bunch of idiots there hating capitalism, walking around with a tax the rich t-shirt that cost them sixty dollars. <laughs> and it's like I don't think you understand what you're fighting for. I applaud her uh, marketing acumen. Yeah, she's a genius. She's like literally, she's. All the young people that are frustrated with capitalism aren't really frustrated with capitalism. They're frustrated with their governments, their corrupt governments. It's happening right now here. You know, the Tory government is so corrupt. They're taxing more and more taxes on the working class, and that's tricking the working class into hating the rich, which is exactly what they want. Yeah. The rich actually do pay quite a lot of taxes. Ben would argue they need to pay a little bit more. I think it's enough. But they don't need to tax us anymore. They just need to manage the money they take from us better. And then there, we is that. there is always that yeah. as well. The, uh, so much money that's it's taken wasted. in taxes, just wasted on crowding. Yeah. When they do some report, yeah. it's like, oh, well, this report into such and such cost £14 million. You're like, how? It's 300 pages of material, of written text. Yeah. How does that cost £14 million? There's a famous uh, Ronald Reagan interview where, they, where he basically, he was like me, a libertarian. He was He's pro less government yeah and there's a famous interview where he's talking about it and he's talking about government wastage and he said the government yeah. once did i think this may have been before he was in power or it might have been while he was in power he said the government once did a survey that cost like 200 back when he was in charge two hundred thousand dollars. the survey was to find out the happiest group of people and the survey pointed out that young people are happier than older people and something like wealthier people are happier than poor people. No. Yeah. No, it was something stupid like that. And he was like, $200,000 just to find out what we all know. He was yeah. like, why did they do that? Why? And I agree. Government wastage. You know, I don't I don't agree with, like, the even local authorities sending yeah. me flyers through. Yeah. And he's like, this costs, like, thousands to print, you know, yeah. every home in Telford. I don't know. There's, like, I don't know. Let's say there's 100,000 homes in Telford. We got a flyer the other day from Sean Davis, who's our representative in Telford, saying that they were investing $16 million into making Telford better, which is great. That's fantastic. But why do they need to spend probably £1,000 or £2,000 send letters through our doors to tell us that? More than that, probably. More than that, yeah. I don't know how many people they would have posted them through. Well, but... Every home in Telford, probably. Yeah. Probably cost so, them at least a few thousand pounds just what, to, to let us know. Why not just put that on social media? Yeah, I follow. Or maybe, you know, it might be even easier. Pay for a fucking advert on the telly. Yeah. Well, what are going to cost less? More people would see it. I, I went straight in the bin. I went straight in the recycling bin. I don't care. He's like, killed a tree for that. Yeah, I'm like, I can see it when you've done it. <laughs> or put it on social media where everyone goes. <laughs> yeah, even the elderly now. Yeah. So going back to America a little bit, we're talking about the rise. What do you think was the main reason for the rise of the American empire, we'll call it? Um, I think it was a couple of things, and it really relates to World War II. Do you think that... I think the, the massive training program you've literally put your population through... To survive war. To survive war, and to educate them to outsmart the enemy, so to outbuild the enemy, I think, and it gives you that can-do attitude. So you come home, you're like, hey... Let's put that into civilian life. So do you think a world war takes society to the next level then? I think not in every state, because in Britain, things are pretty shit for the next sort of 10 years. 
Well, we rebuilt. Thanks Remember, a lot, America. America was untouched by World War Two. Britain was being bombed nightly. Yeah, I mean, you could have helped us out a little financially. You know, they did, and then we had to pay it all back. Yeah, they could. They have gave just, us the Marshall Plan as well, which they helped could have rebuild. Just given it us and said, you know what, guys, you fought most of that war. We helped near the end, so maybe we. We, we help you out a little bit and you don't have to pay it back. Well, there was the Marshall Plan where they gave a trillion dollars to rebuild Britain, France and Germany yeah. and Italy. But, um, you know, so they did help out, but we still had to give them that money back. I think, you, and let's face it, if we want to be technical, I'm pretty sure it was only something like 2018 that Britain paid off its World War One debt to America. Me. If that was me, I'd have been ducking them like Brian's ducking Stewie when he owes him yeah. that five, <laughs> that's like five What are you going to do? What are you going to do, invade us? Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, wait a sec, Britain. Is that a fake mustache? You got money for fake mustaches. <laughs> and you, France and Germany. Just starts beating us up. Where's my money, man? Where's my money? <laughs> Britain's just like, ah. But no, um, I think so. You've got, first of all, I mean, there's a reason they call that generation the greatest generation. Yeah. Because they fought, they beat the bad guys. They came home and built a capitalist utopia. Tough as off nails. Off their own backs. Tough as nails. And then they um, literally all banded together to show that capitalism can work. Yeah. Also, I think that the education and the, the strict, more strict regulate, regulation of certain industries, the, the, the supply chain and monetary uh, services. I think we need uh, tougher regulations on banks, man. Oh, yeah. I think banks have, have, have Absol- contributed massively. Ah, that's it. Fractal life. Reserve Banking, yeah. that's the name of it. To life getting shitter, I think government obviously plays a massive part. I don't think that like the rich are as much to blame. I do think that's just a class war that the government does so they can get away with more. But if you think about it in this but country, I think that um, it's it's banks as well. If you think about it in this country, we still we have still have, and the Americans do to a certain extent as well. Um, the old school tie network. Yeah. If you went to Eton, chances are you're going to end up in government or as a managing director or something. Yeah. So you end up with like let's say Boris. It's a boys' club. Exactly. So, but his best mate at school is now head of the Bank of England, for example. Yeah, they're not the best. But you know what? They're not the the best people for the job. So it's like they're just going to do each other favors, which benefits them, but no one else. So what you're trying to say is, in America, they gave whoever was best for the job because it was a time of war, so they needed to be the best. And over time, like now, for example, the the reason why it's starting to fall is because it's just basically people hiring their mates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at Yale with him. He's all right. Oh, he was past Skull and Bones. He, he was a good guy. Mm. He managed to drop that cherry, pick up that cherry between his butt cheeks and drop it in the glass first time. These aren't things, you know, old, old mates networks don't work in government. Yeah. Well, whoever's friends with AOC and whoever put her in a high position of power, tell us to stop tricking poor, innocent young people <laughs> that are pro-capitalist to buying stupid T-shirts for $60. <laughs> Jeez, because she's just manipulating them all. So yeah, that's but anyway, that's what I go. I think that generation worked incredibly hard, not only to win the war, but to rebuild, to build the society when they got home. Yeah, they wanted. They, they, you know what? So we, actually, your main point is just the people. I think the I people think, made it great. I think people made it great, but I think that also the regulations were stricter then. I think the taxes were a bit higher, which they need to be if you need to show these reds who's boss. Yeah, I'd agree with that. During a time of war, you need the coffers high. And you know, this is the Cold War now, so you might need to buy a bunch of new tanks. We're, we're not <laughs> fighting. We're not fighting them directly, but we're looking over the horizon, thinking we need something to phase these Russians off. We need the next nuclear weapon. We need to. We need our rockets to go to Russia. 
and we need to stop their rockets from coming here. We need to go to space. So we, we can need like, to go to look, space. If you fuck with us, we're going to drop a nuke from space. Yeah, well, and just laugh at you. Well, that's the only reason that we went to the moon. It was. It all started off as a missile race. So we could literally just basically put a nuclear warhead on the moon and just point it at Russia and be like, "Look, guys, this is always you know what at you, you little bastards." Wouldn't surprise me if that <laughs> was a plan. Always at some point. pointed at you. I mean, America did plan to nuke the moon at one point, so <laughs> we'll get into that one day. Yes, what do you think? I think it was a lot to do with the generation, but also the stricter regulations and higher tax rate. I think, you know. I think keeping, um, obviously, like you said, I think the people played a big part, training up a population to the extent that we ever have. And maybe you do have a point with, I don't know whether I agree with it, but maybe making education free for everyone. I think in times of peace, people probably should contribute to the education system. A little bit, not but, all um, of it though, not the one they're paying now. Yeah, it's a bit high now. But um, I think actually just to give you a thing, I think that in the sort of 50s and 60s to go to a top American college was like $1,500 a year. Mm. And now it's something like seventeen to 20000 How much was that proportionally to the how much they were earning it's, a year though? Um, well, they were, a lot of that was paid for by the GI Bill, remember? Oh, okay. So it was free. Kind yeah. Of well, uh, yeah, I, I think that having a highly skilled workforce is important. You know, not necessarily even having degrees, because as we found out in today's societies, a lot of people are opting not to have degrees. They're going into skills and getting their qualifications on the job now. Everyone, which is something that they did extensively after World War II, isn't which it? Is, you, yeah, you which can, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. I think is a good, and that's what I meant by like, you know, these guys were coming back from war. They were mechanics. They were trained nurses and doctors. And, you know, they were coming back way more skilled than they left. Yeah, absolutely. So not just having that education help when they got home, they also, a lot of them were more educated just from going to war. So I think that, and then seeing the horrors of war toughened the generation up like it hasn't been in, well, over 50 years. Absolutely. You so, know, listen, listen to Dan Carlin's uh, Hardcore History of the Pacific, the Pacific War episode yeah. and the, the eyewitness accounts that he's giving there. It's yeah. You're like, Jesus, that's mental. Yeah. So having a tough population that was trained very well, they wanted their country to do well. So it's, like you said, 10 million people that want the country to do better than any country in the world because they want to be the mm -hmm. military and the just the economic superpower of the world because they don't want this to happen again. They don't want their kids to go through this. So they want to be like, look, if we look so powerful, so rich, so strong, nobody's going to mess with us. Yeah. We're going to solidify our place of power and we can just have great lives. And they were, you know, they were able to buy cars, everything. Industry just went flying. Everyone wanted to get out of it and just enjoy their lives because they'd just basically been in dirt holes for, what, years? Yeah. I mean so they wanted to go out and spend all the money they, they had, buy nice cars, go on dates, get married, start families. Uh, you know, there's a reason why the boomers are called boomers. Baby boom. Yeah, the, uh, everyone, everyone foot like rabbits when they got home from World yeah. War II. And it created a lot of wealth. It created a lot of kids. It was the, probably the boomers that screwed it all up, to be honest, because they hadn't experienced that tough life. And their yeah. parents didn't want them to experience any of it. So they grew up kind they, of having a blessed life. They experienced the best of everything. And yeah. They don't want anyone else to have it, though, do they? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it was probably the people. I think that government leadership was probably a lot better and you know corporations corporations have never been as powerful as they are right now no. that's a problem i don't don't think taxes to, is, to the point where they take us to war yeah i don't think taxes is the way to control them i think that they need you know facebook now um governments all over the world are afraid that facebook can change election results 
because they can literally inf influence advert adverts and stuff that you see on your phone so that you uh, vote for that person because you're like, oh, that person's a monster. I'm going to vote for the other person. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can literally brainwash you into an, an opinion. You know, they they deleted Donald Trump off Facebook, but then the same week that they deleted him, there was like dictators throwing people off of bridges and shooting them in the head and putting it on their Facebook profile. Just shut that guy. <laughs> It's hey, like the why Taliban have got a Twitter yeah. account and Donald Trump doesn't. Yeah. I think that says everything. Why aren't they deleting it? It's because politically it's in their best interest for those people to be in power and for them to have a social media account. Whereas Donald Trump obviously wanted to rein people in like that because he thought that they'd become too powerful. And I agree with him. You know, they, I sent you a video, didn't I, of um, the Senate. They were trying to rein in Facebook and they were trying yeah. to rein in Twitter. They lost. They lost. Like the government lost to Facebook and Twitter. They can't rein them in. I see this that's the whole terrifying. freedom of speech conundrum, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's terrifying. Where does it end and where does it start? Yeah. And that is a topic for another day. Yeah. Bill Gates has took a lot of flack during this pandemic for all these crazy conspiracies. But one thing I will say that is true is he's put a lot of money at the moment into buying a lot of agriculture. He's buying mm. up a lot of farms. Why? Because we'll always need food. <laughs> so, you know, and who, who yeah. runs that? Farmers. But well, it's also worth pointing out, he does give a lot of vaccines to African children. You know, for stuff that they wouldn't usually get vaccines for. Yeah. You know, they're not they're all not dying of that, believe me. Hmm. What does that have to do with him buying farms? Oh, you see the way he spends his money. Oh, he's okay. not such a bad guy. No, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but what I'm saying is even though he did try and touch you. What I'm <laughs> fuck you, Bill Gates. <laughs> no, what I'm what I'm saying is that it, he basically is that rich and powerful. He can literally he could control all of a country's agriculture if he wanted to, very easily. So yeah. he could literally control a country's food source if he wanted to. He should that's come terrifying. to prison because our culture's on its ass yeah. right now. That's that's good if he's a good guy. And I'm not saying he's not a good guy. What I'm saying is ha having somebody that isn't a government body, because that's what the government is there for, it's to govern. And you've got somebody that's a, just one guy who's a millionaire that could literally control the entire aspect of a country if he wanted to. Yeah, if that's, he, that's holding just, a country to ransom. Just because he feels like yeah. it, yeah. And we are lucky. He is a good guy. I mean, he's. I, I watched the video the other day, and he's basically trying to create um, these sort of toilets don't require plumbing, so that people can have toilets all over the world. That's great. And they're going to recycle the poo water into drinking water, like they do on the show. Yeah, solving two like issues. The ISS even. Yeah, he's ripping it off of that. But um, he's solving two issues to poor countries. So luckily, he is a good guy. He's a, he's a good guy, billionaire as far as they go. But um, unless, of course, all those Epstein allegations are true. True, but uh, again. We're lucky he's like that. We're lucky that he's not kind of like Lex Luthor. <laughs> Lex Luthor wasn't that bad. Yeah, he did a couple of good things. He just hated Superman. Yeah, you know. So well, from a certain point of view, Superman's a twat. So reigning in these billionaires, like through I don't know, government legislation, I guess, making sure that you, you just got to regulate stuff. Yeah, again. regulate. You just got to say to the banks, look, this is you can't operate like you want to yeah. anymore. You've got to stick by these rules, and yeah. that's what we're doing. For all we know, he wants to buy all that farmland because he wants to revolutionize farming so that we can all eat cheaply and healthily, and that would be fantastic, and I hope he does that. But is he being watched for that? Is he making sure that he's not doing all these things for nefarious ideas? I'm sure he's not, but we should keep an eye on people that rich and powerful. Very true. Keep them reined in. Don't let them do stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, that's 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 the, um, the rise of the American empire. Yeah. Um, next time we'll bring you the well the 
slow decline let's call it the slow decline that one's going to be more a discussion based our opinions because we do feel like for a multitude of reasons it is on its way it's collapsing it's it's not going to be the superpower other countries are starting to rise that one america's having a lot of issues it's starting to break the wheel yeah we think it's starting to fall but that's going to be mostly opinion based but we'll try and find some facts to back up our argument very true yeah. i always think i think it started going downhill after vietnam i think that generation was just so scarred yeah it just didn't go well and then you know but anyway we'll delve into it we'll delve into it sign off all right so thank you very much for listening i've been ben um what did you ask my wife was sort of cheese cheese um i can't remember always no. always chase after the cheese always chase always, the cheese always chase the cheese <laughs> you can't even remember, remember what it was <laughs> it's only last night i wasn't even drunk yeah. you mean last week for last week's oh, episode yeah. i always get caught in these paradoxes keep the illusion going man i, do, do, do. I always get caught in paradoxes <laughs> thanks for listening everyone follow us on spotify um youtube facebook uh patreon if you want to give us some money that's it, pretty much, isn't it? Um, yep. Apple Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Always follow the cheese. Is it follow or chase, chase the, the cheese? cheese. <laughs> chase your dreams and the cheese. Yeah. Follow your dreams, ho. That's a song. That is. <laughs> is yeah. That right. should be my sign up. <laughs> we are Devil's Advocate.